0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with fitness pros who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic Tim, here with my guest, owner of Mom Strong Fitness in Vacaville, California. Rachel, good afternoon to you. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Just finished a class. So I am tired and sweaty, but feeling really good.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Got the got the endorphins going. Everything is everything is rocking and rolling here. Now I have to ask before we get into talking about it, was it, did you take your class at your gym or do you also work out somewhere else?
2: Um, It was at my gym. So today's class is kind of open gym style where I get to jump in and do some rep sets with everybody and just kind of, we just kind of flow through. So um, with my schedule, mainly only at my gym right now.
1: (laughs) Got it. Got it. That's, that's really like you get a split in the community of there are people who like to go be anonymous and work out someplace else where they're just, just that you, you're just yourself, right? You're just Rachel. It, it is, you know, and then it's like uh the owner pressure and how perfect do I have to be. But I think you know there's a lot to be said for both sides of that. But anyway, um, now that we know that you like to work out with your own with your own people there, getting in with them. Um, tell us about the facility, strong Fitness in California. What are you all about?
2: Um, so our name pretty much says a lot about us. Um uh, we serve mostly moms, um, pregnant moms, postpartum moms. Uh, a lot of them say, "I'm pre- I'm postpartum twenty years." Do I count? And we say, "Heck yeah!" Um, but also families. So we actually have a lot of moms that bring their spouses with them. Um, so we do have some some family units that come in. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs>
1: So as far as you're do, uh, the facility goes, mostly doing group workouts, but also some personal training, some smaller groups?
2: Yes, uh, mostly group training. Uh, we do a couple like challenge group type things. Um, we do have private clients that come in. They like to come and fill our special hours like the ones that are crazy and get up at five o'clock in the morning um, or that come work out at you know, seven o'clock at night. So we're always using the gym. Um, we do have like a, a boxing instructor too, that comes and does some stuff during filler hours. So, um, yeah, but the, the main, the main aspect is group fitness.
1: Mm -hmm. And you've got, you're not just one class various times of the day. You do strength, you do hit, you do kettlebell, you do, you know, all different types of classes within your groups. Correct.
2: Yes, yes. And we've done, um, I mean, I've been doing this for five years and we've done a variety, you know, where we've done the same class multiple times a day. And I've just found with our clients, um, a lot of them are busy moms. They can't be as consistent as they would like to be in the gym, um, where, you know, you're doing specific things Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know? Um, so we like to just offer a variety. So they're coming in, they're being active, they're getting a good workout. They're getting some targeted areas. Um, and hopefully, you know, the goals they come in and get some strength, some resistance, some flexibility, and just kind of getting that variety throughout the week.
1: Awesome. Awesome. You s- touched on this a little bit. Uh, you've been at this about five years. Give us the backstory to it. How did how did this come to be? And what are the big milestones since you've opened five years ago?
2: Um, so five years ago, I was having my second child. And, um, I, I was into fitness kind of more just on a personal level and, you know, I had some mom friends that we go, you know, work out at the park or just do fun stuff. And I was like, you know what, I really want to like, I want to dive in. So I went and got my certification and, um, started doing park workouts and I actually had an opportunity to bring some of my workouts into a gym space. Um, I started coaching for them, just working for them, but she's like, well, you know what, go ahead, bring your group in. It's fine. So um, I got a real life experience as far as bringing my group and children into the gym. And I realized that it's actually doable. Um, I worked with kids my whole life. So I got to marry like my passion for kids and passion for training. And from there, we just, we started looking for spaces. Um, I actually started in a little tiny office um, next to a powerlifting gym. So it was great. There was like these big power lifters walking in and then all these moms with kids walking into this little room um, next door and um, (laughs) it's like a 500 square foot space. It was so small, but um, we maxed out and I was like, okay, let's take the next step. Let's let's go get a leased space. Um, And so I looked around and found myself a good spot and everything seemed great. It was like, we're growing, we're doing great. Um, And uh, unfortunately my... Uh, personal life kind of took a hit. Um, my husband of 10 years decided to uh, leave me and the kids right in the same month that I had signed a lease for this new space, which was terrifying. <laughs> um, but hence the name Mom Strong. Um, I just decided I'm not going to give up. I really want to do this. Um, I want to do this for my kids. I want to do this for my community. And uh, we pressed on. So uh, I was in my first, uh, my first official space for about a year, and it the overhead was pretty rough for me to uh, keep up with. Um, that year, I also got pregnant, so like I had all these like things like working against me, um, and so I decided, you know what? Again, here's this option: Do I give up? Do I keep going? Um, I decided to partner with someone to add childcare and to expand our space and expand into child's classes and programs. So we moved spaces, um, put in some money, renovated a space. Here we go again, you know, gonna hit the road running and COVID hit. (laughs) So uh, standing in our newly renovated space, absolutely empty. um, I had that feeling again, what do I do? Do I shut down 30 days? I can back out of this lease. Um, and we said, no, we decided to press forward. So we're now in our, I guess, third space. We've been there since the COVID situation started and we've held on and, um, we've continued to grow, you know, definitely had some rocky times during COVID, but we are still here. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you've, you've hit some hurdles. Life has thrown <laughs> some things at you, but yeah, I guess if you, if it's in the name, it's not just the name at this point, you've lived up to it. You know, tenfold. So, as far as the progress has gone, um, you're still, you know, very boutique, very niche. But you're at a point now where you're you're not a one-woman show. You've got some other trainers that are working under you. What's the progression of that look like for you? Were you, you know, solo up to the point that you got to to this? I know you said you took on a partner. Is that did that partnership stay through COVID? Did that put a a, a kink in that plan? And how did you come about some of the, the trainers that you have now? What's that progression looked like?
2: Um, I definitely started solo, um, but I did have a lot of clients that were interested in being trainers. So what I did was I did kind of like an internship where they were my clients and I worked with them throughout their certification process where I let them come, you know, I was there, uh, but I let them come and lead classes. I helped them build their sets. I kind of like oversaw Um, you know, what they were working on and help them with, Hey, this is better for the group setting, or this is better for moms that maybe just had a baby, you know, and I really work with them on like how to um, become this type of trainer. Um, And so initially my first two trainers were my clients Um, and they were, uh, they were excellent because they had all the passion and drive that I did because they were in it too. Um, And then just the knowledge, you know, of becoming a trainer, they they did a really great job, so I was like, okay, this is like a really big—I felt like a l- nice little like um, cookie that I that I got a hold of, right? Like, let's let's turn people who are already passionate about what you're doing into, you know, partners at your business. Um, and that's actually still true today. I still have two, three trainers actually that started with um, being clients um, or coming to workouts, and they're still employees of mine. Um, I have another one who he actually just wanted to rent gym space so there's a time where you know I had open gym time where I was like let's just get a trainer to come in and rent some space I'll make a little money you know the gym will be uh, used at the time and um, he he came to me after about a year and he's like you know I can teach group class like if you ever need someone for the evening times that's when he was more available he goes I'm kind of intimidating for women but also like I'm a really good trainer, um, and so we we tried it out. And um, he brought a different skill set to the gym. He brought a different level of knowledge to the gym, um, which I really truly appreciated because I think trainers can learn from trainers, and they should learn from other trainers. Um, so he is now stuck with us. Um, he's been stuck with us for like three years. So we have a little mix, mostly people who are already involved, but some people who did come in just, you know, kind of independent.
1: Got it. Okay. So I th- I think there's an opportunity that you took advantage of there that a lot of gym owners don't see or don't know how to encourage that path. You know, for micro gyms, for boutique gyms, niche things, it's not like. Um, you know, your, your big box gym where you need 30 trainers and you just have to hire people from, you know, Indeed or, you know, hire a trainer or whatever. Like, I think some of the best people for all the reasons you laid out are often right under our noses. And especially in the stages where a lot of trainers in spaces like yours are part-time trainers they're not you know not somebody we give 30 40 hours a week to it's usually something where you know they do it because they love it and you know they they let you pay them but they probably would do it for free if you know if if they thought that they weren't discounting their worth so the conversations for you for the most part have all it sounds like have all come from them approaching you is that right
2: um yeah mostly um it, we've actually even had more um I guess just recently now that we're talking about it I was reminded somebody found us on the internet and she was a mom and she was moving to town she's like I want to be involved in this like I see it I want to be there I want she's coming to work out and eventually she'll be a trainer um but yeah they they mainly come to me and I do like that because I mean I could ask anyone do you want to be a trainer but I want the right people you know like I guess technically anybody can go and get a certification, but I want the people who really have that passion, you know, that they want to learn it for themselves because you definitely don't want to just ask anybody to be a trainer. Not everybody has that, you know, just like not everybody would just be a doctor. Like I don't have the knowledge for that.
1: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. You
2: know?
1: Yeah. I think it's great that people have approached you and it says something about, you know, the relationship, the community that you have there. But I think for, for our listeners, if you hear this and you think, oh, I would really love it if, you know, Susie or Bob or somebody came to me because I think they make a great trainer. The worst thing they can say is no. And most people will take it as a huge compliment. If you pull somebody aside and you say, hey, look, you're, you're a really great member. I love you. Everybody else loves you. I already see you helping people. You have all of this. I think you'd make a great coach. Like, whether they want to do it or not, people will take it as a compliment and, and be super happy. In a worst case scenario, you make somebody's day. In yeah. the best case scenario, they say, You know, I've been thinking about that, but I didn't know how to ask or what to do. So, of course, if you're going to go and do it, you need to have a plan to back it up of, of what you want it to look like. But for people out there listening, like if you, you we all have those people in our facilities that we see, and it's just like, have a conversation right you're not going to you're not going to sour a relationship you're not going to lose a customer most people that i talk to the people who are their clients that decide that they want to be members ask if they can still pay to be members they don't even yeah. they don't want anything for free so i think it's great that you've been able to take advantage of that and people have come towards you and i think that plays into the other um, the big part of where you've taken the gym at some point the decision really comes from most gym owners on a smaller level of, do I want to grow this to make every dollar that I can and you know, just grow, 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 and, you know, be efficient and, and put all the money in my pocket, charge as much as I can, all that? Or is this going to be more on the side of a passion project where I don't want to lose money, I don't want to be taking money out of my pocket, but I really want to go, vision first and then let the money follow. So you've made a pretty clear decision at some point on this. So talk us through a little bit, if there was a point when you realized that was the direction you were going to go and and how you feel like that's affected the business decisions you've made and in, in where, where you are now.
2: Um, I mean, I think a lot of how that decision came about just came in all of the things I had to overcome while building the business. Um, I, I wasn't going into this with like a business degree. I had to really learn like one little step at a time, you know, the business side. So for me, like just kind of building it, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna like overcharge people because I'm just, you know, starting this out. So let's just like grow slowly. Um, but because of the things I went through, um, I mean, the gym truly it truly helped me get through my divorce it helped me get through um, an unexpected pregnancy it helped me get through some very very difficult times because we did have such a strong community sense there it's where you know for me it just was like this is so much this is so much more valuable as a community than it is as a moneymaker you know and could it be a moneymaker one day sure have I been asked to franchise? Absolutely. However, you know, I, there's, that, there's that balance, right? If I franchise, I gotta have the money to do it. <laughs> um, but if I franchise, I might also lose the community. You know, and I've, I've talked to some people about it and they're like, Rachel, the, the gym is the way it is because of you. So if you take you out of it, you know, how much of that community are you gonna lose? So I really I've had to really you know weigh that and you know not that I wouldn't ever um, franchise but because I think that there are a lot of people out there like me that have you know a lot of the passion and 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 things like that you know I'm I'm only one person there's so many special people out there that could do something similar um, but yeah I don't know I just I like I like that it supports me I like supporting others and I mean. Sure, it would be nice to make a little more money off of it, but it's definitely not the goal. I, I love what I get from the community because everybody else I see comes and they, they get the same thing. You know, I just don't want to lose that.
1: Yeah, and you know, the things that you get from the gym, I think also factor in because one thing is it, it, that's happened is uh, through COVID and now, you know, post-COVID, uh, I think, um, here in in June of 22, where we record this, um, you spawned off another business out of the gym, which has given you another avenue to create revenue for your household. It's given you a different type of fulfillment. So you're getting more from it. So with that, having offshot from the gym and being a you know a business that you're putting time and energy into, has has having the second business changed the direction, the amount of time, energy, goals for the gym itself for that business that you have?
2: Um, so, I think that it's changed in in good ways. I still teach the same amount of classes, so I still have my face, you know, in the gym. Um, I'm still committed to all the classes that I would normally teach there. Um, I did have like what like a private client switch over to another um trainer Uh, but it also it it kind of pushed me to expand into creating more of a team so like maybe hiring someone to help me with events and things because that started I started not having as much time for that but I also think that's kind of nice because now I'm delegating things and it's it's making the business side stronger um, working with the team rather than just doing everything myself Um, and I, and I, like said before, you know, it's always good to learn from other trainers. It's good to learn from other people. If I'm not as strong in events, have somebody who really, you know, who really is good at that stuff and let them take that over because that will in turn, you know, just benefit the gym and, you know, ultimately it does bring in money too, to have events going, but, um, yeah, it's, it's. Sorry, I'm like trying to think of all these different things of like That's different right. angles and um, refresh the question. Like yeah, the, so with,
1: okay. with things like being able to delegate, you know, bringing people on, finding, you know, different avenues that, you know, where your building utilization is up and where you can reach more people. So delegation, hiring, um, doing cooperative things—that's that's one skill set in the business. Um, we talked a little bit off the air that one of your main goals is just to continue your development as a business owner. You know, at professional development along that. So, are there any other big areas that you you have on your radar? Things you want to get better at: marketing, sales, retention, um, events maybe more on your side than, than delegating out. Are there any other things that you have on the horizon that you want to attack personally?
2: Um, yeah, yeah. And I guess like, that's where I got a little um, hung up because I was thinking of like the relationship between my second business and this one. So my second business, I actually have a partnership there where there's three different businesses under one roof. It's kind of like a little, it's a hub, really. It's like a little homeschool enrichment hub. Um, and, and the one thing I really love about that is that partnership, right? So, like, I'm not by myself. If I can't be there, someone else is there. If I'm struggling with ideas, someone else is there. So, um, I really took that as saying, you know what? I've been doing this by myself for a long time at the gym, I want to partner. You know, I want someone to come in and take up the slack when I need to, you know, take care of my family or to come in and bring in a different perspective or bring in a different set of clients um, or offer just, you know, something different that I haven't maybe tapped into yet. Um, So having a partner there would be my next goal. Um, I've actually, and I did reach out, like you mentioned before, uh, just ask the question, right? So I did reach out to one of my clients and I saw that potential and I said, hey, like, they, they told me that they were thinking of becoming a trainer and that they signed up and they're going down the Avenue. And I, and I approached them and said, would you consider partnering? You know, you love the gym, you're going to be certified. So, you know, I can obviously trust you to run classes and programs. And, and we went down the road a little bit talking meeting and ultimately it wasn't the right thing for her and her family and how much time she could commit to it. She still comes regularly, no hard feelings, you know, um, but that's definitely, once I reached out and kind of took that step, I was like, all right, I like this, I like how it felt, um, and I wanna, I wanna still eventually find a partner. Um, and, I, and then I think that that might actually allow me to franchise because we've had cities closer by that are like, if you could come this way, you know, and start again, start maybe just a little program, or if you could come over here to this business that we have and start like a little gym program, Um, that that would be great. I'm like, I can't do this by myself. (laughs) So um, yeah, partnership and community growth. So still having those little outposts are kind of still in the back of my mind as to whether or not that's actually possible in the future.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it sounds like the passion and the work ethic are behind it. So I think that skews the realm of possibility pretty high in your favor there. So um, it, you, partnership is a potential, maybe s- scaling to some degree, whether that's franchise, whether that's, that's duplication, uh, there, there are different possibilities, right? It's going to be what feels right. What's going to let you keep the quality and the community as high as you want. Location number one is number one forever. It sounds like, you know, that's, that's always going to be your baby as far as that goes. Um, have you had any, any other things that you've wanted to integrate into the business uh, that you're looking into or working on, whether that be different types of classes, different service levels, online, remote training, meal prep, nutrition, supplements, anything like that? I mean, all these things can grab our attention, but you know, we only hold on to some of them. Any of those other things on your radar for adding on to the business at any point?
2: Um, I would love uh, to do meal prep, Um, just in your list. We tried virtual for a little bit, you know, with COVID, but because Mm -hmm. I have very specific clients, they come to the gym because they wanna bring their kids to be distracted or they have a childcare room that we, like a supervised room that they could book. Um, It's so hard for them to work out at home. It's why they come to us. Um, or part of the reason why they come to us. So virtual to me was like, no, <laughs> didn't work. Not going to put my energy there. Um, but meal prep to me feels the best because again, our clients are moms, we're busy. We don't eat half the time. Eating is, it's definitely important if they are coming to the, to the gym consistently, if they want the results you know, from those workouts, they definitely have to have their nutrition in line. So um, if I could whether it's, whether it's partnering with like a meal service, you know, where they're just coming and we have this partnership where they can pick up meals from us. Or if somebody in-house, you know, was somebody who could provide that. I mean, it's not like we have a kitchen at the gym, but you know, um, if we could do some kind of, um, nutrition and meal prep that makes it easier for moms specifically, um, that would be, that would be great. Um, I did have a friend who was a nutritionist and she came and did a couple workshops with us, like how to do like mason jar salads, you know, like quick and easy salads, um, how to make like clean eating dressings. And and we we did a lot of that pre-COVID. Since COVID, those type of events and classes just really haven't made a comeback yet. Um, And actually that particular person started her own restaurant just down the street so, and I, I remember I was like, you did a salad, a mason jar salad bar with us. And she said, one day I want to have a restaurant. And I go there like once a week and I'm like, look at what you did. Um, but, and, and she actually might be a solution for our meal prep service. So,
1: <laughs> good, good um, partnership there.
2: yes, definitely. Especially cause she's only down the street. Um, but that's definitely something that if I do, you know, get a little more time to focus on Scaling the business side rather than you know, teaching and marketing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an area I would like to get into. Meal you know, prep,
1: Absolutely.
2: juices, even fresh juice. Moms are always like, we should just have a coffee bar in the in here. Like
1: <laughs> they just, just want a little bit right. to live <laughs> yeah. the So I think the last thing, and you just started to touch on it a little bit, that we're gonna have time to jump into is with the the gym being the setup that it is, you being there having your core offerings, um, having a little bit of room to grow, you said you're still working on the marketing. So what does that look like for you right now? What works best for your getting your message out and getting those special people that fit your niche coming in? Is it, um, you know, are you doing social media? Are you doing paid advertising? Are you hitting up Yelp and Google? Like what, what's working the best to get your message out there and get people in the door?
2: Um, so our, I mean, our biggest one is word of mouth, which I love because it just means that everybody who's there is truly invested. Um, it's usually, I heard about this from a friend, um, social media is another big one though. And that's, that's also included in word of mouth. A lot of people that tag and share, you know, other people in their mom groups are seeing it. Um, so Facebook and Instagram mainly, um, we don't really do paid advertising Mm-hmm. I've done it before I've done a couple like boosts and things like that and I just didn't really see much come out of that um, we actually did do a magazine um, uh, advertisement before too and again I was like I just don't really feel like it's getting either it's not really targeting the people you know that we want to come in mm-hmm. um, so yeah the, the only other way that we um, that we should probably start going in is more of I would say like the vendor fairs and different things because there are a lot of like our type of clientele that either own businesses who are there selling um, or you know, that are there shopping and enjoying you know, Saturday shopping with their kids or, or maybe not with their kids. They get to go and do that by themselves. Um, but that's probably the type of exposure that I would rather pay for um, over like internet boosting.
1: So really, you feel like you are still at a point where you haven't maxed out the affinity marketing, the, um, the more organic reach of things of the word of mouth, friend of friend referrals and getting out into the community versus we've tapped that out. And now we're, we're looking to get our message out to total strangers. Like you're still looking for some degree of connection with anybody that you're interacting with.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, and we have a big town and I, I still get people that say, I had no idea you existed, or I wish I would have found you a year ago. I might have been around for five years, by the way, (laughs) like, you know, but, um, so, I mean, on one hand, I kind of like slap my wrist a little, like, obviously people don't know you're here and like, you need to be better at spreading the word. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I still really stand by the fact that I really want quality people in the gym. And most of the time I find that the people who um vibe well and bring good positive vibes in, they find us, you know, because it's just like that trickle effect of like the people who love our environment and then like the non-judgmental, you know, like they tell their friends and their friends. So um, but yeah, that's the only thing I was like, street sign. I should have a street sign. <laughs> That's I, I'm very um, shy about owning a business. I guess like having a street sign to me is a little scary, and I know that sounds kind of opposite. I'm like, I don't want people to know I'm here, but I want people to know I'm here. <laughs> I still, I still have to like push through that that barrier.
1: Yeah, it's. Um, I think for a lot of. A lot of people who are community oriented, you know, really like in touch in there with the people there's, there's like almost humility overwhelm that can happen of like, Hey, like I'm not doing this. Like all of you are doing this. I'm just giving you a place to do it, or I'm facilitating. And so it's, it's hard to be a self promoter, uh, especially if you feel like you're at a point where Know there's there's not desperation, right? You're not worrying about keeping your lights on, you're you know, we're probably not putting a a million dollars a month in the bank, but things are at a sustainable place. So you as long as you don't feel like you have to act out of any sort of total necessity, it's hard to push to that self-promoter, other than just like, hey, look at my look at my awesome client, right? That's what we'd rather do. Look at what all these people are doing, look at this family. And so that can work for sure. It's usually a slower, more methodical pace, but yeah. wouldn't beat yourself up too much for, for you know not being out there tooting your own horn to the nth degree all the time.
2: Yeah, I know. Some people are like, you should just be more, like you know they, when you do social media things, like you should do more videos and reels of yourself. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't ever want the focus to be on me. But like you said, at the same time, like, I mean, but I do still have to like promote the gym. So to a certain extent, I do have to do that. And I do have to ride that fine line between like, hey, look at me, I'm super awesome, look what I've overcome. And also like, but we're also a very humble place and I'm not gonna you know, tell my story every day, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think um, one, of, one of my favorite business books probably of the last five or six years that I've read is called Building the Story Brand. And it really focuses on how major stories, books, movies, advertisements, have a problem, a hero, and a guide. And sometimes it looks like we should be the hero, but we do a lot better at being the guide. You know, like, you know, I I don't know, in, in Star Wars, like Yoda wasn't the hero, he was the guide, right? Like, that's kind of the where it comes off, like to the clients can be the hero of their own story and we just guide them towards what they need. I think that's what really resonates in the service businesses that we have.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I first started this and I had all those times where I was like, do I give up or not? I just had to keep reminding myself that my personal feeling is, you know, fitness is, it's the vessel to the community we're trying to build. You know, where I mean, yes, I am focused on, you know, proper form and, you know, and rehabilitating the body and strength. But I just find that with physical health, I mean, mental health and emotional health are just as important, you know? So you're getting me all in my feels right now about my gym.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm going to hit you with one more philosophical question before we let you go. Uh, I don't ever ask anybody to change anything that they've done along their journey. But one of my favorite things to hear is if there was something that you know now that you could go back and and tell yourself sooner and make yourself believe about the journey, about the process, is there anything that stands out that like you wish you would have known or believed earlier?
2: Um, I definitely wish I would have asked for help earlier. I've mentioned before I'm not like the business side to me has been a a struggle like I've got the passion down you know I've got the community down but the business side to me I feel like I I've definitely had to work myself out of the trenches more times than I probably should have had I just started this off with a more solid business plan um with more information, don't be afraid that you like, I have more confidence now to be like, I don't know what that permit is, you know, or I don't know how to do that. Or let me call the city and ask them, you know, how can we get this outdoor workout? You know, I, I just kind of did things under the radar, hoping that like I would slide by and build a business that way. And I just, I feel like I kind of shot myself in the foot where it's grown a lot slower and it's been a much bumpier ride for me. Um, And I probably have lost money at times because I just, I didn't set myself up for success in that way, you know? So even now, like I'm reaching out, I'm asking questions, I'm getting help. I'm, I mean, for a while, I didn't even have payroll. I was like, I'm just going to pay people through PayPal, you know? And then I was like, maybe I should stop doing that, (laughs) you know? And I had to like, get my business head on. So I just wish I would have done that sooner.
1: Yeah, I think in in a lot of ways that can look like mentorship, coaching, um, even just something as simple as, you know, a a business owner friend who doesn't even have to be in the same field but somebody can go through all the basics before you get the specialized stuff like they said payroll and permits and where do I go to find out, you know, I don't know what I don't know. So, you know, finding that early on is thankfully um most places aren't aren't super terrible on business owners to the point where you can't skate by like you said and they say oh hey by the way you need this permit and you go sorry and you can do it like you can get yeah. away with that a lot but it usually comes with an expense something unexpected so it, it helps you budget time energy money yeah. So, yeah absolutely i think that that's a great piece of advice for you know, we unfortunately can't tell our younger selves, but to share with the audience, you know, make sure, you know, dot your I's, cross your T's, what are all the, the logistical things, right? You can't just sign a lease, open up and, and hope for the best because yeah. a lot of people are going to come with their handout, wanting permits, wanting regulations, things like that. And, and there are different levels along the way. So yeah, find some sort of mentorship, some sort of guidance, small business administration, so in business specific, but yeah, find find that for sure. Okay, well, we are just about out of time. I get an easy question for you. This is a layup before we let you go. If our listeners want to find out more about you, more about mom strong, where are the best places to look?
2: Um, our Instagram is, we post pretty much every day. So, um, Mom Strong Fitness, it's mom underscore strong underscore fitness. Um, we do have a website, momstrongfitness.com. Um, it's a GoDaddy website, though. So, momstrongfitness.goDaddy.com um and then uh facebook's another really good one we have a community page on facebook so we have a business page for mom strong fitness but then we also have mom strong fitness uh um vacaville so that's like where we discuss take polls we do more like community stuff moms can ask questions about things it's just kind of an open uh, forum so those are the best ways to get plugged in reach us see what we're doing
1: Fantastic. All right. Momstrong strong fitness everywhere. Um, I really appreciate you being here. This has been, it's unique. It's niche. It's boutique. If you're out there listening and don't think like, Hey, this, I'm not in that niche. It doesn't apply to me. If you find this a group of people that you connect with, if there's somebody who you think you can serve better than everybody go to that niche, if you're going to be a small gym, if you're you know, not trying to serve thousands of people, you're going to serve people better. So go after it. So don't listen to this and just think I'm not mom strong or I'm not, you know, find, if you don't have it yet, find your avatar, find the clients that you like working with the best, and you're going to be the happiest business owner possible. Rachel, I really appreciate you being here with us today. It's been a blast. I appreciate you taking an hour out of your day. Uh, I look forward to staying in touch and I wish you continued success.
2: Thank you. It's been
1: fun. Awesome. And to everybody out there listening, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. Hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Lord's out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode.
3: what's up everyone welcome back to another episode of the gym lords podcast i will be your host today my name is brooke joining me on this show is chris from house of steel gym in commerce oklahoma welcome to the show chris how are you today
4: i'm great what's up everybody
3: I'm super excited to have you here. I've been looking forward to this one for a few days now. Um, Before we really dive into your business and, and get to talk about House of Steel, tell us a little bit about you, Chris. What was it that got you into this industry of being a gym owner?
4: So I launched a boot camp in my very small community in March, 2013. And it basically just erupted all over this local community. The women that were coming were very, very excited. They would talk about their workouts on Facebook, um, at least two to three times a week. And we had the opportunity to purchase a building here in downtown Commerce, Oklahoma, uh, right here on Route 66. And we decided let's just turn it into a full blown 24 hour access facility. So we got all the equipment in that anybody would need in order to be the best bodybuilder that they can be and the space for the, the boot camp. And here we are eight years later opening, um, from opening that gym.
3: Wow, okay, so let me ask you this, Chris, like when you were a little girl, did you think that you're going to be at this point being a gym owner? Because most of us like just get thrown into this industry. So what's your your story there?
4: So I love that question because I actually grew up in a gym, not a gym that my parents owned, but they did operate a men's basketball league out of this huge facility. So there was a gymnasium, the, the weight room, a swimming pool, and that was basically my childhood, I was running around this gym three to four times a night. I mean, excuse me, three to four times a week, um, just experiencing everything that I could. I actually um, messed up the hot tub by putting soap in it and got a bunch of bubbles going everywhere. It was like a nine-year-old. Um, but so whenever, in hindsight, looking back, it totally makes sense that I own gyms, 100%, but it wasn't in my plan. I My degrees in public relations, and um, just having a deep background of basketball and volleyball.
3: Okay, got it. Well, props to you for making something out of, you know, that passion that you found when you were a young kid. So now you have House of Steel, the House of Steel Gym. For our listeners, what I would love for you to do now is just give us your elevator pitch. Tell us about who you are, what services you provide. Just kind of paint that picture for us.
4: So we are located in northeast Oklahoma, the strongest little city in the southwest. Here in downtown Oklahoma, Route 66, the House of Steel Gym is my baby. When you walk through the door, most people's eyes light up because they have no clue what they're getting ready to walk into. Old school style gym, graffiti on the walls, garage door up, music blaring, take your shirt off. We don't give nothing about that. Have fun in our gym, no lunk alarms, regular people just trying to get better at life and becoming a family in the process of it and we have very affordable membership costs, I like to keep health affordable. I don't think that anybody should go into debt to make themselves healthy.
3: Got it. So yeah, and I, I love that. I love that outlook there. And so, you know, before we really dive into, you know, the memberships you have available, I want to kind of understand better what services that you guys provide. So it sounds like people can come in, do their own thing, but you also offer some group training, some personal training as well. Does that sound about right?
4: Yes, yeah, so the House is still Gym, if you want to be an independent worker, you have 24-hour access. However, if you are brand new to the game or you just love having that person there to push you and keep you accountable, we do have our Body by Big Dog personal training group as well as um, a few other personal trainers who are independent. So you can invest in a coach or in a prep coach, a trainer, and you can also um, invest in group classes. We used to house the classes here at the House of Steel Gym, but we purchased a second building to open a second MMA gym. Um, And that is where I now hold the classes, big turf, lots of area. And other than the classes and um, the personal training, you can speak with me about nutrition training. That is like my baby. I've been doing this for many years. I can typically diagnose somebody in a matter of five minutes once I know what they're eating. Um, And along with the nutrition, we also have what we call Blender's Nutrition Bar. You can go in, get a shake, tea, a side bowl. So we're basically a one-stop shop and we also have a milk prep kitchen in the works.
3: Wow, so a little bit of everything um, that your clients need to see success, right? This isn't just a, a gym, you know, people need to have assistance with nutrition. They need help with accountability, all of these things in order to see success not everybody can just walk into a gym and see their results. Um, So I love that you're really providing additional value for your members. So the next question I have for you right now would be, you know, how many members do you guys have within the facility?
4: So we are in the population of 2,500 right outside of a community of about 12,000. So we maintain around 150 to 200, which is actually um what it should be because we're splitting the area with two other gyms that are kind of similar to us so um and there's only so many people in our community that are ready to be healthy but um my goal is to be way more than that 200. we have more people in this community that are catching on to health and wellness time if you're not trying to do something to better yourself, I kind of feel like you're, you're definitely on the outside. So many people are taking charge of their life. And right here, you have all of the resources that you could ever need. We have strongman coaches, we have bodybuilding coaches, we have nutrition bar. I mean, this is basically a one stop shop.
3: Absolutely. And I think that A lot of times people, you know, you can grow this because I think that a lot of times people don't necessarily know that they need a gym until they stumble across it, right? They maybe walk past your gym or they see an ad or they see a post on social media or maybe their friend is going to your gym and their friend saw results and so then they realize, oh, hey, like maybe I should try this. So my question to you would be, what are you guys actively doing to aid that growth process so that eventually you could have more than 200 members at one time?
4: Did you say aid? I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. It, what are you guys actively doing to aid the growth process? Okay. Like how, how, are, how are you getting the word out to your community that you are a place that people can go to see results ultimately?
4: Okay. I was just making sure that's what you said. So <laughs> definitely our mo where we live and i know it's different in different parts of the country Whenever i'm whenever i'm traveling in florida and i try to connect with people and i bring bring up facebook they look at me look at me like i'm crazy like they're like we don't use facebook we use instagram well from from my personal experience with instagram it's very imp- impersonal and i am a personal person and in our community most of the people that live here are also on facebook so you get two communities in one One's where you can go pound the payment and talk to people face to face, or you can use Facebook and corral them in from that um, direction as well. Whenever the boot camp launched in March 2013, all of my ladies were just basically excited about their new lifestyle and they were checking in to Facebook before checking in really even was a thing. And that's how the camp grew in popularity. So that type of culture carried over into the house still whenever we opened. We have almost 30,000 check-ins with the amount of members that we have because people know that we gotta get online, we gotta talk about it. And Chris is going to be so thrilled that we're doing this because I always tell people, word of mouth means everything to me. So we have a selfie room. I don't know if you guys saw that, our selfie room is my best, one of my best ideas ever. I was taking a picture one day in my bathroom and I'm like, Oh, I hate the backdrop. I just hate it. And I'm like, we should make a selfie room at the house of still. So our logo is in the background and people get encouraged to go take their before and after pictures in there. And when they post them online, bada bing bada boom, there's the house of still. And people want to know what, what is that? Where are you at? So we definitely use Facebook to our advantage. Um, and, the people that are members we are using real people we don't use models we don't use anything you get off of the internet have a fake picture this is a real person going through a real life change and you get to watch it right here on facebook
3: yeah and i think that um you know the facebook check-ins um it's great because it pr- produces that word of mouth that you talked about and in this industry for us you you even just said it word of mouth is everything For us, we love it because it's free, right? We don't have to do anything to have good word of mouth, except for take care of our clients. Be nice to our current clients, and naturally, they're going to go out, and they're going to check in on Facebook, or they're going to tell their friends, and they're going to bring their friends in. We love that, but it's not necessarily a measurable method of growth, because we can't count on, hey, this month, we're going to grow by X amount of members through word of mouth because some months we might and other months we might not get any new members through word of mouth. And that's just the way that it works. So outside of, you know, word of mouth, have you guys done any sort of advertising? Talk to us about that experience for House of Steel.
4: So as far as the Facebook ads, um, the Facebook ads, sometimes they bring in good traffic. Sometimes they don't bring in much. Um, It just depends upon who's getting their eyes on it. So what I prefer to do outside of social media marketing is to go out and hand out flyers the old school way because it's we can pick and choose the area. We also know, okay, we did put this many flyers out on someone's vehicle. We also are advertising the fact that we are on Route 66 in downtown Commerce, Oklahoma. So we're not just advertising the gym itself. We're advertising the other businesses that are here because we do like to be a family down here in this area and promote one another as best as we can. So as far as targeting, we tend to target with the flyers.
3: Got it, yeah, flyers that kind of goes back to what we call guerrilla marketing, right? Where you're spending time going out into the community, showing face, introducing yourself to people, handing out flyers, um, and that's that's good too. Um, and I kind of want to touch back on, you know, the Facebook ads piece because what you said resonates with probably most of the people listening to this podcast. Facebook ads when they're not done the correct way, we aren't always going to see clients come in. And it's like if I'm not seeing a return on investment, why would I do it, right? Um, so let me ask you this, when are people, like, how close are the surrounding towns? to you, like, are people coming from you from outside of your town, or are most of the people in your gym strictly from commerce?
4: So I, I often say that our gyms are commuter gyms, because in this particular community of 2,500, it is, the, the average age is probably ugh, late 40s, And we're talking about a group of people that smoke cigarettes. They still drink pop soda, however you guys want to call it. They are very, very far away from this environment as a gym. So a lot of the people in this specific community, they don't even know we exist. They drive by it every day. They have no desire to be in the gym. So our members come from, um, So from the surrounding areas, we have people that this seems like not a lot. So probably people that live in big cities, but people that do drive 30 to 35 minutes away um, because for them to actually bypass the gyms in their own community in Joplin, Missouri, to come all the way here to Northeast Oklahoma, I find that to be a blessing and um, makes me super proud of what we've created as far as the energy that people want to tap into. But literally, we are a commuter gym. We have people drive the distance to use our facility. But this community itself, I always say it—they—they—they they, they will, unless they're like a young athlete, they won't use our facility.
3: Yep. Well, it's good that you can tap into the community. It's good that people will travel because that gives you a larger population of people to pull into to get in the door of your facility. Now, let me ask you this: Are generally the like is there kind of an avatar of people that are joining your gym or do you have like people with weight loss goals people who want to be bodybuilders people who have maybe a goal that they want to like run a marathon do you have all kinds of different types of people or do you see like one specific demographic again and again
4: oh no everybody in this facility is 10,000 percent different um the, the men typically are dads, which I love. They're young dads or older dads who are now grandpas. Um, we have our oldest members, which I think are great. They're in their seventies. And again, I've I live part-time in Florida. And so in Florida, whenever you get an age group that's 70, 80s, that's nothing. They're all out playing tennis, they're in the gym. So here you have to understand in the Midwest, Health is the very last thing that people are concerned about. Um, It takes a lot to get people excited about the gym here because we don't have beautiful weather here around and um, there's depression, there's people smoking cigarettes and living in their homes all day and not getting out. So um, I'm very proud of our older group of people. I'm very proud of our people that a lot of people don't even know they're struggling with cancer treatments. We have a few people like that. Um, I have a good rapport with a lot of people. So I have people tell me a lot of things and that makes me very proud as well. We are very connected in our gym to where if something happens to somebody, somebody's going to step up and see how they can be a blessing to that person. That's how small but big our gym is.
3: Absolutely. That's so important. And I think, yeah, I mean, I'm located in Florida now, but I grew up in Maine and up there, very, very similar demographic of people, right? Very small minded. They grew up a certain way and they're not open to this idea of fitness and health. And, and so I understand where you're coming from. It's it's a harder demographic to pull into the gym, but within the surrounding communities, there's definitely people, you haven't reached that yet that would love what you have to offer and so i'm excited to see you know how you're able to grow this because it seems like a wonderful business model um you know over time so you know my next question for you chris would be something that i think it's valuable for us to discuss because there's somebody out there who's probably relating to you in this area but What's a bottleneck or a challenge that you feel like you're facing within the business side of things? And what are you actively doing to kind of overcome that?
4: So a challenge is like like the whole theme of this conversation, is one building the confidence in others so that they do feel comfortable. Um, I have to have a level of empathy that people may not um, think of whenever they're opening a gym, but there's some people have severe gym anxiety. I was talking to a young man the other day and he still hasn't got his gym membership, but he's spoken to me 15 times. He is extremely nervous. So um, the, I know that you're wanting like these marketing answers like technology and social media, but what we are is a face in the community People know my husband and I because of these gyms, because we have had so many mental and physical transformations. So for me, it's staying in the forefront and being a leader so that people can see she's never satisfied. She's always challenging herself and her gym members to continue to go higher and higher. And we have respect for her mindset And that's why, if we're going to, if we are in the mindset to join a gym, we're going to pick that gym over the other options because we love her energy and we love her family. So, for us, it's staying 20 steps ahead of the game. It's always doing something important for the community, be it an event, a car show, something of that nature, and putting um, authentic marketing into play is what I call it. So, to me, that's genuine hi, I want you, you know, to be the best that you can be, and how can we help you do it? Um, now, if we're going to talk about tapping into the people that are here locally, that would never want to come to the gym, they just drive by it every day, we would have to go knock on doors.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think your outlook there is is really interesting. And I think that in a way, like you living in a small, a small town, a small area, it, they're not letting it limit you right you have right. like this outlook like this is not going to be what stops us from one helping people and to growing um and so you know what i like to look at is you're very affluent in your area and you have a wonderful mindset and you have connections with people but what more can you just do within the doors of your facility to provide the best value to be the best like right now you guys are you're doing really good but what can you do to be even better what can you do to be the best gym and take all the clients from other gyms so you know do you guys have any plans to add on services or anything like that to what you currently have to offer at your facility so we are definitely a package package deal mm-hmm. um,
4: the whole add-on was investing in a second gym that's only four blocks away so it's a different vibe. It's an MMA gym. And that to me, <laughs> if you pull up hard decision deciding which gym is, which side of the gym world is the best that it's bonkers to me because our facilities are freaking amazing to be very blunt. But um, that, that was our add on was a whole other facility. So now that we have that whole other facility, the room that I was teaching my classes in is open. And we are actively seeking people that want to put a business in here. We've had different um, business leaders in the community approach us for ideas um, or to to share their ideas with us. It's just a matter of other people wanting to invest in their community and take a chance on opening a business here. We've proved ourselves multiple times that this is fertile ground because this, this, this community is not aesthetically pleasing is the best way for me to say it. It looks like we're poor but there's a lot of influential people here that do a lot of great things, but people already give us a bad rap because of the area that we're in. But we are a hidden gem, that's G-E-M. We are a hidden gem and it's very um, special. So we do definitely have opportunities, like we're opening the milk prep kitchen. Multiple people can have businesses in there. There can be five different milk prep companies if they wanna share the kitchen together. Um, And in this particular room, we've got brilliant ideas we just need the people to put them in the play
3: I'm excited that you have ideas and plans of how you're going to move forward it's not just like oh we want to grow it's like yes we're going to grow this is how we're going to do it um so my final big question for you here chris would be you know if i could hand you a magic wand right now and i was like all right chris you can have anything you want for your business and everything has happened exactly the way that you wanted it to what would that picture look like for you
4: Oh, wow, that's, a, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, I really don't because I, t- again, to be very frank, this, this is the best gym to me. I've worked out in multiple gyms across the country and I know there's these huge facilities um, that cost like $250 a month, but it was overwhelming for me and I'm a bodybuilder and I do this every day. We have a very, just, it's a perfect little nook like it's just perfect and then if you do want a bigger facility or something different you can go four blocks down the road to our to our second facility but um I think all that I would want is just blessings I don't like whenever there's like a death like we lose a member um just keeping people it's gonna make me emotional but um just people keeping people safe that's really all that we could ask for
3: got it yeah, I mean, from your mindset so far, it just seems like you're really in this to serve your community, um, to be able to be a place in your community where people can go to kind of escape, um, and so, you know, I'm really excited to see how you guys are able to continue to do that with this, with the meal prep kitchen, with the smoothie bar, with all of the add-ons that you currently have, the MMA facility, um, it's awesome, I'm Final question, what is the social media page for House of Steel? Where can our listeners go to find you so that they can check out all you have to offer?
4: Okay guys, so the best way to find it, into the search, type in House of Steel Oklahoma, just put the Oklahoma behind it. You can also type in Chris Smith, K-R-I-S. I am the co-owner of the House of Steel gym with my husband. And, um, but it'll pop up immediately. We share pictures every day. You can also uh, check out Relentless Training Center, Oklahoma behind that. Um, We have, we just competed in a competition this past weekend. Also my daughter, um, who's been featured on American Ninja Warrior, America's, or not America's Got Talent, um, all-around champion, she almost got on that show. She is the one at age 15 who manages and operates the smoothie bar and our gym. So when I tell you that we have a very special place that uh, is exactly what I mean. We are hustlers around here and we just wanna bring more joy in life to people in the community. Um, if we make the money, great. If not, people are living a lot longer than they would have if we had not opened these businesses.
3: I love it. Thank you so much for providing all your insight today for listeners. Thank you guys for tuning in as well. Don't forget, if you stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
2: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
5: Hey guys, welcome back to yet another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we're joined by Russell Chagoya from Gym Number 5 in Boulder, Colorado. Russell, what's up, man? What's going on? How you doing, Austin? Doing great, man. Thank you for coming on today. Appreciate your time and talking about, you know, what it's like to be a gym owner here in the year 2022. Uh, so let's dive in, man. Gym number five. You guys are out there in Boulder. Uh, uh, awesome town. Obviously a lot of uh, fitness enthusiasts, outdoor enthusiasts, right? Uh, yeah. A lot of hiking and I think fitness is on the top of people's mindset. So let's start <laughs> with, you know, what, uh, what are you ultimately here trying to build with your business here at gym number five?
6: Um. Well, the Boulder area, uh, it's, I think in 2019, I think I saw it was voted as Forbes, like fittest city in the United States. Um, Despite that, there were no real like powerlifting gyms. There was nobody really kind of, like I say powerlifting, but strength-based gyms is really what it was. There's nobody kind of doing it for lifters. So I saw kind of a community that was a little bit
5: starved for a gym like this. So I decided I was going to be the guy to open it, so. I like it i love it man so yeah. yeah, no. uh obviously you have crossfit's there but they're not dedicated to powerlifting or uh mm-hmm. strength based solely so yeah you saw that niche that kind of uh void in the industry there and i think every successful, yeah. successful business we need to solve a problem right? we need to solve a problem to, to for our customers so that's what you saw yeah. there's a niche of that that not being offered by anybody else so you kind of stepped in and did that right
6: yeah exactly and i, I you know after bouncing around from kind of big box gym to big box gym and yeah, speaking to some of the managers, it kind of became apparent that those gyms weren't for guys like me <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that wanted to lift heavy weights, that wanted to sure. push the boundaries of strength. They, they wanted the people that signed up and never came in. They didn't right. want the people that use the gym all the time. So, um, yeah, I, I was like, well, I'm not really competing with them because I'm taking the customers they don't want there. Anyways. Right. right. So,
5: yeah. Yeah. Their models crap, man. I hate that model for the fitness world. So, uh, uh, yeah. I want us to sell coaching and fitness and results and like uh, we want people to come. Right. So like, uh, yeah. so that, yeah, I love it, man. So why was that the right time for you to start this? You know, you could have done anything. Why was that time about two and a half, three years ago, the right time for you to start gym number five? Um,
6: you know, it, it was, you know, just kind of a harmony between a bunch sure. of different factors, personal factors, business factors, yeah. um, you know, came across some equity in the house at the time. So the financials kind of lined up, a property came available. Um, We'd been trying at that point for maybe about a year or so. I'd kind of hit a plateau in my uh, career at the time, which was online marketing and uh, graphic design work. And um, I I was really wanting to get back to the gym. And uh, I recognized that the strength community in this area was very underserved. And so that's just kind of that's you know the harmony between all those things is is why yeah. it just kind of all came together
5: for sure man for sure and I definitely I feel like that space the commercial space uh brick and mortar always kind of think comes at the right time you know I've, I've had that experience yeah. so like I think it's super important um for the space but before we get into that what's the what's the the meaning or reasoning behind the name gym number five what's the special meaning behind that um so um five's just been my lucky number growing up I like it, I like <laughs> it
6: a funny story about it. i was uh in second grade uh my teacher gave us a, a book of names yeah and she's like look up your name so i looked my name up russell means red hair right. uh a couple other things i was like your lucky number's five i was like okay i okay. guess my lucky number's five
0: <laughs> there we go, there we
6: but, go. Uh, other correlations between five is uh yeah, I'm from a family of five. My wife's from okay. a family of five. We currently okay. have a family of five. So it's kind of a repeating number in my life. Yeah. And then uh it was originally we were thinking about Atlas Barbell Club or, or sure. something along sure. those lines, yeah. uh, as the original gym name. But every logo that I drew, um, me and my wife just had she hated it. <laughs> I right. liked it. No. So yeah. it kept causing, you know, spats between us. Right. And so I, I drew up gym number five where she's like good
5: enough <laughs> that's the role yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It makes sense, man. there's always uh, yeah there's always meaning behind our names so like uh, yeah i love that man and it t- totally makes sense now so yeah very cool well i mean and you having that graphic design background is you know awesome you get to help make the website and the logo and i'm sure advice and all stuff which is uh you know social media stuff which is huge now with your actual location you said it just kind of you know came about at the perfect time type of thing mm-hmm. talk to us about your location why you picked it kind of what your mindset was uh in regards yeah. to that exact place
6: um well we were looking for an industrial space just for yeah. uh, uh you know um economic reasons right it's a little bit cheaper than a retail space sure. and then uh we decided gum barrel because it's kind of this kind of central location it's like 15 minutes from everywhere so it's yeah. it like 15 minutes from boulder it's 15 minutes from longmont the research said you got about 15 minutes of travel time before people won't yeah. come to your right yeah. and so i was like okay we got kind of this kind of you know kind of a little center hub here and it's right off a highway too so it just kind of you know that's how we picked it (laughs) yeah yeah uh originally wanted a smaller spot they say start smaller right right Uh, the spot we picked originally was like 2300 square feet um ended up falling through with the landlord uh they wanted a business that was already established and we were starting so they pulled the plug on us and then so the, other, the only other space was this 5,000-square-foot monster, so just had to figure it out.
5: Yeah, man, <laughs> figuring, I love it, yeah. yeah. And uh, so you, do you foresee this as like your forever home? Or do you think you'd ever have to move, or this is pretty pretty much it, at least for now? Uh, at least for now. Okay. You know? okay. Um,
6: it's a good space. Uh, we are outgrowing it a little bit. Yeah. It would be nice to eventually find a nice space. I remember talking to the lawyer years ago. And he was talking about how, you know, you need to shore up home base first before you start expanding your business. Sure, so yeah, like figure out how to own your own building. So, yeah, that's huge. you know, in my, in my mind, I guess that would be kind of the next step for me. Would be yeah, I think that's you, awesome. Man. Yeah, find a, find a property that I can move into and and yeah. pay myself rent instead of somebody else.
5: Exactly, yeah. It gives us a hard asset we own and it's, uh yeah, super important, I think down the road for sure. You mentioned a few good things there about location. Russell, like as it being near a highway is massively important, I think. Mm-hmm. And that 15 minute radius you talked about also super important. We see like people like will only go about seven miles away from the gym. Like that's pretty much the, like pretty much 15 minutes. Yeah. Perfect, man. So, so uh, awesome. So we know the gym name, location, why you started this thing, what we're building here out in Colorado at gym number five for a successful business. We need like a viable model just for the listeners. Russell, Russell, what is the model and services you guys offer there at gym number five?
6: Uh, so, what I kind of saw was the, the strength community really needed a gym, right? They wanted the rogue racks, the things that were at a CrossFit gym um, that weren't available at commercial spaces where right. the strength community was largely working out because CrossFit yeah. doesn't have a whole lot of open gym hours. Right. Uh, so, I was just kind of, it seemed like simple to me. I was like, all right, let's get some of that CrossFit stuff in here that the strength yeah. community is yeah. looking for. Right. Let's do an open gym model and then uh, we'll do it similar to the big box gyms where it's open gym and personal training. Okay. But uh, let's actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, you know, a pro style gym, sure. you know, sure. yeah. where it's it's more about results rather than just separating people from their money.
5: Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, we're selling results here in coaching at the end of the day, which I love. So now yeah. you're, you're in between that CrossFit and big box model, so to speak. How did you uh, come up with like your pricing structure? How did that look? Um, It was, The combination of how many members I thought the
6: space could support, which is roughly about 200, uh, big box gyms. Uh, and I came up with that number, uh, based on big box gyms, roughly 10% of their membership shows up at peak hours. Um, so I was like, okay, if yeah, 10% of the membership shows up peak hours, but also we're going to have a 90, 10 business model, which is the inverse of theirs, right? So they have 10% of their membership shows up. The metric is once per month. Right. Right. Um, and then 90% never shows up or doesn't show up at least once per month. Right? Uh, turns out, yeah, we do have the exact opposite of that. <laughs> 90% of our membership shows up uh, minimum one time per month. So yeah. using just those numbers, I kind of came up with, we can support 20 to 25 people in the space at one time. Okay. Um, at, you know, if that's 10%, then we can support between 200 and 250 members. And then it just became a, you know, what, you know, looking around, what will the market bear? um what what are other gyms you know uh pricing themselves out of the market and then what do i need to make at that many members to make this work sure um and yeah we came right around a 100 bucks a membership okay and i was you know i was like well it's a little pricey for a big box gym membership but uh if you're in a private gym a pro style gym i think it's worth it. yeah and a lot of other people have agreed so
5: yeah no i agree i like the uh Let's call it a higher ticket approach for what we're doing because it is kind of a specialty niche, you know, type of yeah. type of service. We would say, right? Which I think uh, is definitely more valuable than just your obviously Planet Fitness or something like something like that. Obviously, um, uh, Russell, with you, as far as like equipment goes in your space uh, to go with this model, uh, what do we what do we have? Like a virtual kind of walkthrough uh, for the listeners? Um, so it's heavy with uh,
6: two things really: uh, free weights and cable machines, um, yeah. just because cables are so universal uh, yeah. in your ability to uh, get the stimulus. And then the a lot yeah. of the stuff that we're, we're basing uh, our training and stuff off of, the, that just kind of worked best. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the the heavy barbell movements for the, you know, right. all of us meatheads that love going in there and pushing barbells around. Right. Um, right. We got some plate loaded stuff in there. Uh, there are certain exercises, uh, at least in, you know, the way I feel that. Can only you know if you're going to target quads, you're going to target hamstrings, okay. you need certain yeah. machines to do that really, really well. Sure. Um, cables lend themselves really well to upper body work. You know, you can do oh, bicep, yeah. tricep, shoulders, yeah. all that stuff on a lot of different cable machines, yeah. okay? Very cool. Um, yeah, and then just a few niche things to kind of fill in certain gaps. Uh, right. you right. know, if you want like anterior delt in the shortened position, we get some hammer strength stuff because you can really push into that stuff, and uh, it, it's built for. Um, somebody told me it was built uh, designed for collegiate uh, um, uh, athletic departments so everything's kind of shortened position so you can accelerate into it
1: yeah so we got
6: you know filled with some hammer strength stuff and it's been an evolving thing we had you know what I could afford initially what I could afford new and then it's been you know as certain gyms go out of business or we find stuff for sale on Facebook and we swap things out and you know we're always trying to improve so
5: yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, it's uh, and I'm sure people, you know, people are aware of that and they, people, the members love that. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure they say, uh, make comments about, yeah, and it's cool. Yeah, they just, see, they see us investing money back into the back into the business, which is great. Yeah,
6: yeah. yeah. We uh, we just had four new machines come in, and nice. then uh, I spent all day Saturday with my gym manager building uh, stall yeah. bars, custom stall bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I had a member yesterday come up to me, and he was like. You know, every time like every week I come in here, we got yeah. something new to play with us. Gave me a fist bump. I was like, Oh, sweet. So they yeah, they do appreciate it.
5: <laughs> Yeah, it's huge. I think it's I think it's great for retention too. Obviously, like you know, told you I had a few crossfit gyms and same thing, man. We'd always reinvest in the business, and uh people love it, people really respect it, and I think it keeps yeah. them around Yeah, again. Shows we care and we give a crap about what, what uh what we have in our gyms for them, you know. So yeah, that's all. Yeah. awesome. So now we have a Oh, we'll say a, a kind of a niche gym, so to speak, you know, not your everyday mm-hmm. gym. So how do you guys go about marketing to get your clients in the door?
6: Yeah, um, the marketing strategy has changed, uh, you know, from the beginning, the way I had to market it to now how I market it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the beginning, a lot of it was just getting my logo and getting pictures of the gym in front of sure. people so sure. that, you know, the basics of marketing, uh, people need to know what you're selling to, be, right. to know if they want to buy from you right so a lot of it was just you know facebook ads it was just you know pummeling people with you know and then you know setting up the uh the algorithm so that it targeted people that went to the gym and things like that um after that it was just uh you know we did a couple local things we have we have some stuff up at the local grocery store over here to kind of um and then what i realized as i was signing people up is that we get mostly uh, most of our new members, uh, are new to the area. They're looking huh. for a new gym, right? Okay. So we're not really stealing people from other gyms. When, sure. If you're at a gym, you, you know, if you're doing some people are, you know, creatures of comfort, right? They don't really want to, uh, it's a hassle to switch from gym to gym. You got to sure. sure. relearn a bunch of people's names. You got to find out where, where right. your crowd is. It's a pain right. in the butt. Right? So people kind of avoid it. So people that move to the area are, are kind of our newer members. So okay. it was, you know, getting in contact with some of the uh, rental properties, some of the um, yeah. apartment complexes and yeah, sure. offering discounts and stuff like that. And just make sure we have a presence in those. Um, yeah. So That's how it's kind of evolved. And then okay. word of mouth has become huge here in the second year to where yeah. it's, you know, we really have, uh, I try to make sure that everybody has a good, uh, good feelings about gym number five. So that yeah. when they're out in the public, they're, yeah. you know, oh yeah, you gotta come try my gym out, this, that, and the other. Um t-shirts, stickers, right. things like that. That because gym members love, you know,
3: gear. Oh yeah.
6: Repping the repping the gear and whatnot. So before it was a little bit more digital, more online, because we didn't have that uh person to person reach okay. that we do now. Okay.
5: Yeah, a lot of good things there, man. And like uh Marketing is always interesting, right? There's so many ways we can approach it. And I think I think we always need yeah. a well-rounded approach, right? And and as the gym, as the business grows, things definitely change a little bit. Um, and now you're you're actually close to capacity now as well, right? From mm-hmm. the membership like, so before we dive into marketing here, what is like growth for you at this point? How would you even, how do you uh, define growth for you, Russell, for the business at this point in time with being so near capacity from the membership number?
6: Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's trying to hit that, that 200 memberships. Uh, We're about 10 members away right now. Um, Really what I'm trying to grow, uh, what I think is, uh, you know, the, the biggest area for growth right now for us is personal training, especially in the wake of COVID. Yeah. Um, It absolutely like membership was steady-ish during that period. Um, And a lot of people uh, came out to support the gym, you know, um i kind of heard some horror stories from big box managers and stuff like that people just bailing out I'm like well if you don't build any gym loyalty what well, you know what do you expect <laughs> you know yeah, it's so uh you know we have a lot you know our my my gym goers are great they're very very loyal gym goers and so they wanted to step up and support the gym when we were That's uh, awesome. you know in the middle of all that yeah. but what it absolutely decimated was uh the in-person one-on-one sessions and, right. and stuff like that um and then in, through the entirety of 2021 i mean we were we were throwing everything marketing wise at trying to boost those the coaching numbers and everything i mean deep discounts i mean you know we yeah, were we yeah. lowered our prices somewhat to the point we couldn't go any lower right right you know and we still weren't getting people through the door and i think about 8 months into that and just kind of throwing everything you know more money on social right. media advertisements to right you know, discounted prices, you know, to come train with our trainers. It just kind of hit me. I was like, this is COVID. This is, yeah, you know, good. it's out of my hands. It's, you know, sure. like, yeah." Um, and that's a tough thing to reconcile when you're, when you're the, you're running a business that yeah. there's something you can't control.
5: Not, not yeah. at all. No, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, yeah, I think so. a lot of people just maybe a little nervous to come back or whatever it was, or ready to go into the gym or yeah, but I, I've definitely seen across the country personal training start to build back up again. People are uh, yeah going back to that, and uh, yeah, it was a weird time, man. Like last couple of years, obviously hardest time in this industry we've probably ever had to deal with, at least in the last I uh, don't probably ever. I'd imagine in yeah. the fitness industry, right? So it uh, the,
6: yeah, it was the worst marketing. You know, as from a marketing standpoint, it was the worst marketing you could have ever hoped for. Because right. every day on the news, and uh, you know, you pull up your phone on the news yep. there. All there was death toll. There was. Oh yeah. You know, Case numbers. And then there was avoid, you know, restaurants, gyms, like every day, yeah. like, Oh, people are dying. Also don't go to your gym. Cause you could die. So, and I was like, Oh yeah.
5: my God. <laughs> You're die everywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just really yeah. terrible. And I think, you know, it's probably for another podcast, but I think, uh, yeah, that was one of the it's just awful, awful advice, man. Like obviously yeah. if we're working out, we're going to be fitter, healthier. It helps. Right. It helps. Yeah. Like, living live yeah. a healthy lifestyle. Is a big help. So yeah, but I like how you brought up, you know, trust and loyalty with your clients. That's everything, especially weathering that storm, so to speak, like, you Mm -hmm. know, clients love what we do, they trust us, which is so important and they're loyal, which then from, I think is from the trust. So that's awesome. What else else do you do, Russell, to keep your clients engaged as far as retention goes? So like, do you guys do events or like liftoffs or like uh, any other ways you can communicate with them when they're not in the gym? What does that look like for you?
6: Yeah, Um, so I mean, we we got all the you know the basics: Facebook page, Instagram page, um, that we kind of stay in contact with them when they're not at the gym uh, to kind of let them know what's going on, right? Right. Um, When they come into the gym, I mean, I read an article early on about member retention and how that you know that's going to affect your bottom line more than really anything else. Sure. Um, So I really kind of you know try to focus on that. I I spent years. And before I was in the the design business, the graphic design business, I was in the restaurant industry, so the customer service industry, and you know, got a good sense of customer service, and just kind of, you know, to, would take those things and applied them towards the gym. Um, are, you, are you still there? You're kind of, I'm good. Yep, oh, I'm good. Green was frozen. <laughs> um, so I took what I learned in the restaurant industry, applied it towards the gym. And What I mean by that is, uh, I make sure I know everybody's name that walks through the door. Yep. Um, you know, I always tell him, Hey, what's up? You know, call my name. What's up, John? What's up, Mike? You know, right. how you doing Carol? Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, and I, that's, that seems to be something that's gone just a really long way. Like I remember, remember, well, was I was talking to him about this and he was like, you know, when I first came in and you were like, Hey, what's going on, Brendan? Like he was like, he's like, man, he took the time to remember my name, you know? Right. And I think that sense of because. You know, people, first thing they're going to consider with the gym is location. Second thing is sure. price. Uh, but the third thing that they always put on their pre-applications that we have them fill out is usually community. Right. Community right. and equipment. So, right. um, to get that sense of community, that's something that um, you have to create as a gym owner or you have to have a good manager create it. Somebody has to be, you know, in charge of the culture right. of the gym. And so, you know, I do a lot of glad handing (laughs) so walking around talking with guys offering little tidbits of of information i I try to make myself very accessible to them um approachable hey if you guys have questions over this that or the other hitting plateaus you know let me know and maybe i can help you out yeah yeah so just you know very open thing getting members you know uh, introducing them to each other so there's just a larger sense of community um and that has worked out tremendously we actually have a a 95 percent retention rate
5: from wow that's incredible that's awesome yeah that's exactly what you want and like yeah things like what you said Russell talking to members is huge I mean sounds simple but using their name is so important you know yeah uh, we had a similar rule I said you know we'd have to use that member's name three times per CrossFit class you know before during after minimum so like yeah it goes a long way now Mm -hmm. um do you guys ever do any competitions or any events like that at the gym or outside of the gym as well we had one competition right before
6: covid um yeah. it was on it was a leap year so it's february 29th <laughs> was and cool. uh, we called it the freak show and so nice. we have two uh giant leaders boards we have a, a women's yeah. leaders board and a men's leaders board and we, it has uh, powerlifting stuff it has olympic lifting strongman events yeah. then a couple of like just for fun stuff. We have like King of the Table, which is an arm wrestling thing. Nice. And then nice. uh, we have Bicep Size, the gun nice. show we call it. it. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, so we just place. invited, we invited everybody from the community to come in and break a gym record. Essentially yeah, yeah. it was. A- and uh, yeah, so and then we have weight categories for each. And so yeah. it's just like, yeah, come in, break whatever records you want. Okay. We had a uh, kind of a, bit had a strong man that had trained with Brian Shaw.
5: Oh yeah, sure,
6: sure. So I had him do a, a small clinic on how to do, do stones and then right, how to do a log right. press. So there was a little bit of like an educational piece to it at the yeah, beginning yeah, there. Yeah. And uh yeah, the gym just you know, we sold I think it was like ten bucks a ticket to come lift and yeah. and uh, break a record. And so uh yeah, we had great turnout. I think like fifty people showed up that day and everybody was breaking great. records. That's everybody like we called it the freak show. Yeah, yeah, that's a great
5: name, man. <laughs> it and uh, was, uh
6: Yeah, it was a a really fun event. Um, Since then, we have not had an event. Um, It was just kind of trying to hold on, but then there was a a ton of restrictions uh, as far as how many people could be in the building and, you know, people feeling safe. I really haven't thought about holding an event until this year in Colorado, honestly, uh, where I was like, okay, we can probably, but now we've grown a little bit. So now just being busy, (laughs) I I don't really have time. So working on bringing more people, Okay. uh in to help out and kind of lighten my load a little bit so we can focus yeah. on some of the more
5: fun stuff for sure yeah uh yeah we need that team in place to scale but yeah those events are huge man and like uh i always found people that either competed or even just came and judged or watched mm-hmm. The retention on those folks was lasted years and years and years so like yeah i think yeah. I, i'm a big event guy i think they're great to do in our gyms yeah build community Bill, community like we've been talking mm-hmm. about you know so uh and if you get to yeah, sit uh, in yards even, even better
6: even if people aren't able to join
5: your gym that come to those events uh
6: they remember your gym they remember how exactly. cool it is and you know all the crazy toys we have and blah 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 blah. so when people you know come to the area and they're like oh or friends of theirs move to our area they're like oh is there any good gyms over there yeah go to gym five you know exactly so it's, you know that word of mouth is, is huge you know for sure and and uh, uh yeah and the strength community is a. Uh, it's just that it's a community you know and it's it, a lot of people know each other it's it's you know it's obvious it's a you know it's a small world sometimes you know? right, right right and if if your name is known within that community then it travels within it I'll and remember. you're able to get you know tons of you know recommendations referrals that way and yeah. it's a fantastic way to to grow your business yeah so I, the, yeah. the events thing i'm definitely looking forward to getting back yeah. into that yeah.
5: <laughs> I agree, man. Like that's like our brand. Like our our brand, uh, what we put out there, and what people are saying mm-hmm. about us, I think, is one of our best lead generators. Like you're kind of alluding to now, you know. So like, yeah, uh, yeah that's a big part of it. Now, I know our model here is like the open gym model with some personal training. Are there any other ways that you're able to increase average revenue per member via? I know we talk about selling kind of gear, <laughs> uh, nutrition. Where do you guys stand on that uh, for products and services besides open gym yeah. and? TV? So we teamed
6: up with a uh, local meal company, uh, overkill nutrition. Uh, so we buy wholesale Great, from those guys and, Great, uh, we sell the meals at the gym yeah. uh, we have meal plans. So we send out, it's just a text message we send out every yeah. uh, Friday and then they text yeah. back with their meal order for the week. So we got the meal plans going. Um, nice. we sell supplements, um, you know, fridge stuff, drinks, uh, yeah I mean, we're power and strong men so we got candy up front <laughs> skittles man yeah yeah right um then we got merchandise so we just got t-shirts right now but where yeah. we're kind of looking to grow that area is um we are looking to do more like a drop shipping um yeah. every heard of those yeah yeah okay. so we're i got my gym manager right now working on that right nice. uh to where we don't have to have as much stock or if we're out of a t-shirt size you can just go online and order for yourself yeah yeah so working on the drop shipping um supplements those actually work best if people are working with a personal trainer and then can recommend them to people because then people know what they're buying and so that's kind of the way we go about that um i kind of feel that the supplement i'm like it's kind of limited
3: you know as far
6: as as far as you know my time invested in i'm like it will it give me that much out of it if i put a ton of
5: time into it And it's like probably not so i'm kind of happy where that's at Fine, yeah, um, yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, margin sometimes the margins on those aren't terrific, you know. I think, uh, yeah. hard to find a good product that is a good product, first of all, that people want mm-hmm. it's solid, and he still has good margins for us as gym owners, so yeah, it's a yeah, and it's a volume game, right? It's a yeah. thing, so yeah, it's I think it's good to have there. They're, they're gonna buy it anyway, probably like at a vitamin mm-hmm. shop or online, so uh, yeah, great to have now. With all that being said, also, what is your, and we kind of touched on this a little bit, um, so we're pretty much at capacity. What's your main focus now for the next 12 months with gym number five? Where, what's your, where's your mind at today for, like, say, next June 1st, 2023? Where are we going to be at then?
6: Yeah. um, It's invest now. My, my main focus is investing in the personal training portion yeah. Uh, yeah. of the gym. Uh, what I've started is, what I kind of realized was, uh, you know, it would be nice to get that trainer in the door that, has the education that you want them to have, which we kind of want an advanced education, right? So like right. N one training, N one education, or West Side Barbell something advanced, sure. right? So put us apart from just a, an ACE or NASM certification right. that right. you see it right. you know a big box Yeah, and uh, you know it, it would be great if we could get that through the door. Um, unfortunately, that I mean, people that have those certifications tend to be very entrepreneurial. Um, yeah. And they don't really need you. <laughs> right. Right. I've right. had a couple of coaches like that come to my door and, you know, they're, they're there for a little bit, but then they kind of go off and do their own thing. And i like, yeah, yeah, I sure. can't blame them. I mean, that's good for them, you know? Yeah. Um, so what I've started it. is, uh, yeah, what's up? We did it. Yeah, right? <laughs> so what I've started is kind of a mentorship program to where, okay. I, you know, I bring a trainer in who's, that maybe doesn't have that advanced degree and then sure. coach them up right. to where I need them. Um, the mentorship program I offer for free, if you're going to come on and be a personal trainer and uh, it just benefits both of us, right? So you're a better coach, your clients are seeing better results and in return, you have higher retention of your clientele. So you're paying me more money and, you know, it's just, you know, it's a positive feedback cycle. Um, so really what my, you know, if I had to boil it down to something even simpler, I'm always investing in people, right? I'm investing in the members with new equipment. I'm investing in, yeah. um, our trainers with the mentorship program uh, yeah. and just trying to be, you know, uh, a good leader, you know, just try to, you know, investing in other people and sacrificing. And, yeah, uh, that seems to pay off, you know, in spades. Yeah. Right?
5: That's um, everything. That's everything yeah. right there, man. Being a good leader, I think is everything. And then everything else kind of takes care of itself, you know, like, yeah, it all comes from, it all comes from the top, you know, in a, in a gym like ours, you know, it's like, uh, something, yeah. uh. Still a smaller kind of tribal-ish community, so to speak, if you yeah. will. So, uh, yeah. It all comes from the top, man. If the leadership isn't good, we see it trickle down to every part of the. Gym. Exactly. Uh, I heard of the term in business once that crap rolls downhill, and at the bottom yeah. of that hill is the customer. Pretty,
6: you know? pretty much. So yeah. If if I'm being a terrible boss, and it, you yeah. know my trainers aren't happy, and then their clients aren't happy, and yeah. you know it doesn't yeah. work. You know, so no. it's it's no. investing in people, and you know, and uh, you know, I've, I've had other gym guys come in uh personal trainers you know one yeah. guy was looking at our trainer wall and he's like you know what russ like you just had 10 people that really cared as right. your trainer yeah then you don't need 10 all-star trainers you just need 10 people that really care That's and it, man, i was sure. like you know, yeah yeah that made sense to me you know so
5: i agree that conviction is everything man like uh, you can teach them the rest you know it's just that conviction that they care to, to help people and serve people i think is, is massive uh yeah and, uh, yeah hard to find for sure it's gonna take time but even like finding members that you have that may want to get into coaching, you know, and start them that way. I'm sure, I'm sure you've done some of that too and building yeah, that, yeah. Out, which is very important. And again, we need that team in place to be able to scale this business to where we want it for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, those guys, they're always going to remember, Oh, Russ coached me up Russ. Right. Exactly. You know,
6: and you know, so they're always going to want it. They always have, you know, going to have a good taste in their mouth about Gym five too.
5: Yeah. And they may like yeah. help in a long game, looking at this stuff. Like I had four coaches of mine, leave my crossfit and open their own crossfit right and maybe yeah. i look back a lot and i'm like man what did I? what did i it's on me like what did i screw up how did i not lead them yeah. how to provide a place for them to you know thrive it's like what you're doing with some mentorship i think is perfect to like uh negate some of that you know years down the road which is yes yeah. right exactly so yeah so man what uh i do have to ask what is like the top deadlift there at gym number five guys and girls Let's see here.
6: Um. So yeah, uh, do you know who Jesus Olivares is? I do not. No. Uh, he he was the juniors world champion powerlifter. So he okay. stopped by and uh, he did a guest lift. I think he deadlifted seven eighty two. Um. But our the strong our uh, in house strongman. His name is Alex Kelly, the big buff. Nice. Um. He's the former CU uh center for a CU football team. Oh. All and right. then uh he almost made it to the nfl he tried out for the, the 49ers yeah so he's one of our sponsored athletes uh Very cool. and he is deadlifting almost 800 pounds i think i heard he did like 700 for 10 the other day what? um <laughs> yeah it's just for wow he he walks in he's you know he's 395 pounds big boy and yeah a six foot three and he's just wow. got you know He's got muscles pouring out of everywhere. Yeah, I would imagine. Just look at him. You're just like there is just so much of you, like
5: yeah, what the you know, hell? Just
6: in awe, no matter how many times I see this guy. I'm a big guy what? at 300 pounds, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just looking at him like what? What, what the is hell? going on? Yeah, what is, yeah.
5: That's in, that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah.
6: And then uh, we have a female uh, powerlifter, uh, Monet Avila. I think that's okay. how I pronounce your last name. Anyway, she set uh, it was an unofficial American record. And the wow. bench press. So, so I think she right around 160 pounds is her weight class. Yeah. yeah. And, and she pre- bench pressed uh, right around 230, or maybe okay. 231. But I don't yeah. want to shoot her short.
5: <laughs> Every pound <power laughs> counts, count, <laughs> Every pound counts. Hell yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. A really cool. Like uh, to have, and I'm sure like the, we'll say the regular members look up to that, right? This cool, you got people training yeah. in the gym that can do that sort of stuff, and yeah, I think it's inspiring. I think it's an awesome place to train. I'm sure a great energy and great yeah. atmosphere.
6: You know, it, uh, you know, CrossFit, uh, so I have a friend that owns a CrossFit gym out in California. Yeah. I'll give you that. It's CrossFit 40s out in, uh, out in San Diego. There you go. Um, but we were talking about it and you know, he, he brought up a good point. He's like, those type of things bring legitimacy to the gym. Yeah. Sure. Um, whereas, you know, the athletes, you know, they're, they're generally, you know, they're athletes, so they're, they're not focused on careers. They're focused on their right. athletic prowess. So they don't bring a whole lot of money to the table for the gym. Right. right. Um, but they can bring legitimacy, which can bring you know, clients that uh, want to pay more to the gym. Because, like, oh, you know, look at all these you know, stellar athletes that are coming yeah. here and training yeah. this show. they must know what they're doing. So, you know, I like to call them the show ponies. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, they're fun to trot out, and they they soak it up too. You know, like oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Big Alex Kelly was in the gym the other day, and these two guys who do uh, the Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu they're, they're smaller guys. Right. They came up to me and they're like, "How big is that guy?" <laughs> Like you know, we're just sizing them up, and I don't wouldn't even know where to start on a guy that size. Yeah,
5: I, I, I quit. Yeah, I don't even. I'm not even, even try. Yeah. Yeah. but not. And like you said, having them as like sponsored athletes and ambassadors of our brand. Uh, yeah. Awesome. I think I think it's only good. You know, for uh, again, legitimacy and again that brand awareness is, is everything. Yeah. Especially if they are niche, right? Like strength, it's like it makes sense.
6: Yeah. Yeah. It, it helps them out. Like we promote them. We're putting their stuff yeah. out there all the time. Exactly.
5: It seems a very, you know, just be kind of a very uh,
6: simpatico yeah. relationship.
5: Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mutually beneficial, a thousand percent. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Russell, this is awesome, man. Uh, wish I was closer. I would definitely swing by this gym and uh, hit it yeah. up. But, uh, <laughs> for the listeners, man, where can we find you on your social media, your website, all that stuff?
6: Yeah, uh, social media handle. Instagram is uh, gym 5 uh, underscore Team Thick. Um, team yeah. Thick is just kind of the, the team name we chose for yeah, the yeah. – uh, as people go out and compete under our banner. Um, you can find us on uh, Facebook, just gym number five, all spelled out. And then you can find us on the web, gym five G Y M dash Awesome. Uh, yep. And then like I said, we're located in Boulder, Colorado. So
5: love it, man. Love it. Russell, thank you so much, brother, for coming on today, sharing your story about gym number five. And uh, yeah, of course. Awesome. Talk, man. Hey, you too, man. Yeah. Have a good. One. You got it. Listeners. We appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe uh, to be notified for future episodes. And until next time, gym lords, we are out.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com.